This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome to another episode of Tide Chasers Podcast. Super excited for our guest today, but first I'd like to introduce my co-host, Kwa. What's going on, Kwa? What's going on, man? Got a good one ahead of us here. We've got uh, our first lady angler on the podcast. Super excited for this one. What do you think? Oh, definitely. This is going to be one of my favorites because you know what it's all about, right? Fly fishing? I I know. She's a fly girl for sure. So basically, we're going to get into this here shortly. But first, I'd like to tell you where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook.com backslash Tide Chasers podcast. You can also find us at Tide Chasers under uh, Tide underscore Chasers. Um, all, we're going to be on all the platforms, all of your podcast platforms. There is a link in our bio on the Instagram page as well. But without further ado, I would like to introduce our, uh, our guest today, Nicole. Welcome, Nicole. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. We're, we're super, super excited for this episode. My, my daughter, my daughter was starstruck. Every time she's seen your page, she, she's like, you got to talk to her. You got to get her on. You got to get her on. And uh, that, and you're, you're, uh, you're uh, a big time uh, role model in the, in the fishing world, even though you don't know, you don't believe it. You are. That so makes get- me so, <laughs> makes me so like hot hearing it. You know, I'm, I don't realize that people look up to me. So it's nice to hear, especially well, a, when that comes from you. Perfect. Well, give us a little bit of information about uh, who you are, where you're from, your social media contacts, and we'll dive right in. Yeah. So I'm Nicole Bodette. I am currently living in Boston. So a lot of um, North Shore fishing that I do, um, on, obviously in the salt. Um, but I do a lot of traveling as well for fishing. I grew up in New Hampshire, went to school, college in New Hampshire, and, um, yeah, I'm just a New England kid through and through. Um, as far as contact, my social media contact, I usually just use Instagram and it's underscore N-I-C-B underscore. So Nick B is my nickname. Nick B it is. Nick B. All right. So we're just going to jump right in. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your influences in this, into the sport of fishing, what caused you to break into fishing and, and how, how it took off for you? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, as a kid, we all do a little bit of fishing with our dads, right? Like right. hook and worm with a bobber. And um, I grew up with, there were five of us kids and my two sisters and I were the closest in age. And every weekend my dad would be like, let's go fishing on the river. He lived on the river in New Hampshire. And 
we would always catch like, you know, like sunfish and pumpkin seeds and all of those types of things, but I never really stuck with it. As I got older, I did sports and, um, one of my boyfriends after college, um, was really into outdoors type stuff, did a lot of fishing with his family. And I just wanted to do it too with him. And so we started fishing together, uh, toward the end of our relationship. And as we parted ways, I believe the last gift I bought him was a fly rod for Christmas. Ouch. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, okay, well, have fun with that. Good luck. I don't think he ever used it when we were together. So, um, part of me wanted to just become the best fisherman in the world because I knew that he was going to start off fly fishing and I wanted to be better than him. Oh, that's well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so immature of me, but whatever, you know. Oh, you you had you had uh you had uh, a cross to burn on that one. You had yeah. to get back for sure. I think you probably pulled it off, I'm guessing. Well, we'll get into some of my accolades <laughs> later, but I guarantee you he knows what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Um yeah, so I just I was like I'm going to be the best that I possibly can be. And I started really late in life. I'm 35 right now. I started fishing when I was like, or fly fishing when I was probably 32. So this will be my fourth season fishing. How about that? And you're killing it. Yeah. Yeah. I checked out the Instagram. Yeah. She's killing it for (laughs) a four year old fly, fly fisher woman, man. She's, she's crushing the game. Now let's, let's kind of talk about our first interactions. And basically I I know how I found you. I saw you on another New Jersey anglers Instagram page um, that I follow. And then later on, I was sitting down with my daughter, Kendall, and she was like, daddy, what do you think about like looking up some, some lady anglers? And I'm like, Ooh, this is going to be tough because as you know, there's a lot of people out there where fishing is not the, primary reason why they're holding the fish it's more to promote you know this bikini model that bikini model and i said this is the girl you need to check out this girl this nick b she's a uh she's a fly girl she does it right it's all about the fish and and then needless to say i i reached out to you we've 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 been in contact for like two or three years now yeah I, uh, I definitely can agree with your comments there. It's definitely hard as a woman to find the right people to connect with Yeah. because there are so many other people that have ulterior motives sure. and it took me a while to figure that out myself. And although this is only going to be my fourth season, I still have a hard time, um, letting people in and trusting them just as much as you guys do, you know, the yeah. whole spot burning or not being able to trust them or what are you really looking for? So um, social media over the last probably two years for me, I've kept it a lot less than I used to. I don't post a lot of stuff anymore just because even if you're posting pictures in clothes, you get the wrong attention. (laughs) I I find myself reaching out to you every once in a while, make sure you're still alive over there. (laughs) I am alive. I'm preparing for the season. So what initially drew you to fly fishing and at what age did, well, we know you started at 32 and what, was it just your boy, your ex-boyfriend was a fly fisher or was it before that, that you had some love for fly fishing? And- oh my goodness. I've always loved the outdoors and animals and in college, I, my original major was zoology and that's what I, I just wanted to do everything that had to, to 
surround myself with being outside and my minor was going to be in marine biology. Um, but I partied so hard in college, my first semester that I could not pass any of my bio and chem classes. And I was like, this can't be happening. I have to find something else outside to do as a major. So I majored in recreation management. Next best thing, right? Um, so like my goal always was to, to stay outside fishing for some reason, because it's more of an individual sport, I was very drawn to. So, you know, ex-boyfriend aside, being outside alone, not needing to depend on anyone for anything and the connection that you feel when you catch your own fish on a fly that you've tied or whatever it may be, whatever challenge you're working through that day is so fulfilling. So that's why. There's nothing better than catching a fish on something that you made yourself. I, I'll never forget the first striper. I caught him on a clouser and I, it was this ratty looking clouser, but it worked and it caught a striper and I was stoked. So I, I know that feeling. It's amazing. Like to, to connect with a fish on something that you put together with your own hands. It's just, it, it takes that joy to the next level, the passion to the next level. So 100%. Now, what was the first fish you caught on a fly rod? And what is your largest fish on the fly rod? Both the same species, striped bass, baby. First fish I caught on fly was months, months after I started fly fishing. I was the biggest failure. I paid people. (laughs) I literally paid people to teach me how to fish. I went down to Miami for Miami Music Week and connected with somebody on Instagram and paid him hundreds of dollars to waste his time watching me make a fool of myself trying to cast a fly rod. And here you are. It worked. I made myself back. (laughs) I I think I made my way back to Boston two months later and finally caught my first striper on fly. And it was a good size schoolie. Um, And, you know, it was all uphill after that. But um, just disaster. (laughs) Disaster. Um, I, my largest was also a a striper on fly and it was, this is like the most emotional story I have about fishing. It was two years ago. Um, I believe the picture that you used, um, for this episode is the magazine. Yeah. And the picture on the magazine is that fish. That's so that's your fly fish. Beautiful. I I I tied myself. I haven't seen it yet. I'm gonna say. I'm, I guess I would be do. I'll be doing the editing for this episode for that picture. So I guess I'll see that. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm headed out tomorrow. My first fly trip for big bass. Like we, our migratory bass just came up here. So I've I've loaded up the nine weights and like I got all the big. Oh, the ball. They're okay. Yeah. I I got I got the big flies loaded up. Bunker flies and hollow bodies and stuff like that. I'm hoping I get something big tomorrow. So better now nicole was that was that on a t- uh, fly that you tied yourself to yeah it was a ratty one like you said <laughs> doesn't need to be perfect it's always the ratty ones it's always the <laughs> ratty ones that catches the biggest ones that's amazing yeah. i love it so now do you fly fish exclusively or do you go outside the fly fishing world from time to time so i was very jaded in the beginning and i was like fly till i die i'm not touching a spin rod no effing way right Um, But then I realized that I was wasting a lot of time trying to cast into 20 mile an hour wind, or I just couldn't get my casts out far enough. And when I started kayak fishing at night, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, you can't fly fish in a kayak in pitch black. Like it's just not possible. And uh, to be able to get your fly down 
12 feet or eight feet, whatever it may be. It's just impossible. So I also spin. That's okay with us. There's nothing I, wrong. With, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Like, uh, no fly snobs can only go so high until we get to that point. Like, all right, we have to give in. Yeah. It's, it's I, just, I'm, this is the way it works. I'm mostly a spin caster myself. So, so no worries on our end. So how foreign does it feel to pick up that spin, spin caster these days? Like whenever you go to pick that up, cause you're not, your, your go-to is going to be the fly rod, but you do some togging and things like that with the spin rod, spinner, spin caster, right? Yeah. And it's tough. It's very foreign to me. I have a lot of other things to figure out on that front. Yeah. My, my fingers are always like chapped up and bleeding from casting on that. It's not stripping line that I'm bleeding from. It's from casting whatever spin rod I'm trying to throw. Yeah, <laughs> I'll never forget the first time my, my buddy Trung, who's uh, who was on a previous podcast with us. Um, I was dead set on learning how to throw a bait caster because for snakeheads, a lot of times you need extra distance. So bait casters, they're designed for distance. And I was like, I talk about a train wreck. I was an absolute train wreck. Like he took, I, I went out and practiced with him and another one of our friends, Andrew, one day. And I, I was just like all over the place, but I had this $600 plus setup just sitting in the corner of my room. And I'm like, gosh, I, I purposely bought a, a very expensive setup. So I would force myself to use it, but God, it felt so foreign. Every time he would see me, he was, he'd be like, where, where's the, where's the bait caster? I said, ah, I left it, I left it at home. It's not, not here. And, he, and he's like, don't do that. Bring it with you every time. Even if you toss it for half the time, bring it with you every time. Mm-hmm. Then, then it'll become second nature. And now that's all I use for snakeheads is a bait caster. That's the only fish I use it for really, but I use it for, for snakeheads. So you just have to be prepared. Don't be wasting your time. You went out to do one thing and it's catch fish. And if you're going to, you know, have to give up what you love and go to your second best thing, so be it. All right. So being striped bass is your favorite target. What types of things are you currently doing to prepare for the migration to reach your front door? Oh my gosh. So I used to read books and go on Google and, and just flood my head with information that I thought would prepare me. And keeping a journal and just scouting out new spots and you name it, the same things that you guys do, I was doing. And I felt like I put so much into preparing that it made me less prepared. So this season, believe it or not, I'm not doing anything. I'm just getting new gear and I'm going to, I'm just going to keep, going out to my spots and continuing to fish. And if they're there, they're there. And if they're not, they're not. Are you, uh, you going to tie up a bunch of uh, fresh flies for the season or are you going to, you going to buy them? Oh no, I tie, I tie most of my own. Okay. Well, you said you weren't doing anything. So I had to ask. (laughs) Of course I'm doing that. I have to pass the time somehow. I'm losing my mind. Well, don't you have some nice fish out on that lake behind (laughs) you there? We'll talk about that a little bit. (laughs) What so when you when you go out with your fly rod, obviously wind is going to be a huge factor because you need minimal wind to no wind at all. But what types of things are you looking for? Like, are you looking to like at the beginning of the migration? Are you looking to hit like inland, like the jetties? Are you looking to hit the bays? Are you looking to hit river systems? Like, where what is your go to? You don't have to give away any spots, but like, what types of things are you looking for when you're when you're ready to start 
catching those fish that are coming into your, your home waters there? I'm always in the marshes in the beginning of the season. It's always the marshes. I have one behind my house. I don't really care if anyone knows. I, mean, I don't even think anyone knows where I live anyway, but um, walking distance, I'll usually just drive my car because I have so much gear. And I take one of the dogs with me and I'll go out there for hours. And granted, it's very small schoolies. It's a great way to get ready and immersed in, into the migration. And then once the marsh kind of plays out, um, I'll move into some open ocean, um, well, where I live area. But it's, I don't, I don't really spend a lot of time. Um, I'm not really sure what I'm trying to say right now. There's a lot of, there's a lot of spots last year that didn't produce that I'm not sure if I'm even going to go back to this year, unless I know that the migration is in full blown go sure. mode. Yeah. I, I have a couple different spots that I, I have one spot that I went to four years in a row that didn't produce year, year five caught six fish in the first 20 minutes. I knew they would be there at some point, but I just had to, I, I just kept doing it. Cause it was, it was on a, it was on a direct route that I I'd always traveled. I always drove past and I'm like, I'll stop here for a couple of minutes, take some casts, take some casts. Then I move on. But finally I'm like, this, this place sucks. I don't think I'll ever come back here. And then <laughs> one, then one day it produced six, six fish, six nice fish. And, and like 30 minutes, 20 minutes. And it was, it was like, all right. And I haven't gotten any since. So it's just like, I, I must've hit the jackpot the one time I went. I need that luck. Cause there's <laughs> a few spots that I thought would be unbelievable. And I'm like, nobody's here. Nobody knows I'm going to crush it. And I came out empty handed every single time and so discouraged. <laughs> and then you're like, maybe everybody knew about this, right? <laughs> Who knows? So outside of striped bass, what other, what other types of fish are you targeting on a fly rod? And what would you say has been your most challenging species to, to catch on the fly so far? Um, I will always love my saltwater fish. I went down to Florida a couple of years ago and went for their giant albies, the Bonita. Bonita. Yeah. Um, those were incredible on a seven weight. Really enjoyed that a lot. Um, but they're easy to catch. So honestly, the two hardest fish that I've targeted um, are actually freshwater species, which is even funnier because I'm like fly till I die in the salt and salt this, all that. Um, my trips up to Glasgow, New York for steelhead. I'm sure you remember you all do. of my posts and my just total disaster. You know, I would put 40 hours of fishing on that water and three different trips, four different trips up and came up with like, I think I hooked one. So that one steelhead that I caught was definitely the fish of a thousand casts, they say. Yeah. Felt like you got the monkey off your back on that one, didn't you? hundred percent. And I don't think I'll ever go back because I don't, that, <laughs> I can't put that kind of effort in again. That's why I said the, that's why I said a quad about my, my PB uh, striped bass. Like I spent years chasing this fish. Once I finally caught it, it's like, it's like the air went out of the balloon. It's like, there's what's, what's left. He's like, you, you got to try for your 50. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty content now. Like, yeah, I got the monkey off my back. So funny. Um, you have brought up about the lake back here. Cause I'm in New Hampshire right now. Um, the other most difficult fish that I have been targeting are the large mouths in the pond. There's something different about these largies. And, um, so I have a five weight that I bring and I go on the paddleboard or sometimes in the kayak and uh, they only eat when they're rising 
they won't eat any other way. So if I see them bubble and I can put the cast in the exact same spot where they've just bubbled within like two to three seconds, they'll come back up and eat whatever I've put in front of them. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just as long as it's there after they've come up. I have not been able to catch them any other way. No other way. Now, have you, have you targeted any like smallies or pike on the fly yet? There are smallies in this pond. I've only caught one. No pike. I would love to try that. But that's another one of those things where it's like, do I have the patience for it or the skill? Right. I mean, you guys are probably fish for pike. It's incredibly difficult. We have not. We actually, he and I have talked many a times this uh, about doing it this spring and it's just getting away from us because we're, it's one thing or the next. Like there's, there's so many fish to catch so little time. It's true. Yeah, same we, th- I mean, same thing. We want, I want to do a musky. I want to do musky on the fly and then I just haven't been able to time to put together. Now, I literally, that, that fish is the fish of 10,000 casts. Muskies, <laughs> you know what I mean? But especially on the fly, it's a lot harder, but. You know, I don't know. I, I watched some kid pull one out of my back pocket one day when I was walleye fishing. I'm sitting there on a floating dock. I'm like, man, I'm not catching crap out here. Like, usually I catch walleye all over the place. He, he throws a streamer in up under the dock, like literally where I'm standing, pulls a 38-inch muskie out. Then I had to save his life because he gets out of his boat on the bank and slides down in the mud, water filling up in his waders because he's trying to get a cool picture. Oh, my like, God. Literally pulled it out of my back pocket. Like right under my feet. I'm looking down at it like that. It's nuts. Nuts. Orange, big orange streamer, like that big. Erase that from your mind. Yes. Pretend it didn't happen. (laughs) So I had a question since you were talking about stripers in your marshes. Uh, I know the we kind of get the migratory pattern up here in New Jersey, but like for your migratory, do you guys get the same thing? Do you guys get the the schoolies first, the smaller ones? And then as as it progresses, you get the bigger ones back there? Yeah, but well, we don't get any... I shouldn't say we don't get any big ones in the marsh, but most of the time I don't see the big ones in the marsh. It's all schoolies. Yeah, because I, I think I think Boston Harbor had some really good runs of big fish the past year or two, really big fish. But unless you had a boat, you ain't getting to them, right? Is that how? Yeah, a kayak for sure. Kayak, yeah. Yeah, you've been, that's you've been, my new thing. On, you've been on those with your buddies, right? Yeah, I've got one for this summer. I'm not messing around. I'm not doing the shore fishing stuff anymore. It. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but I was very discouraged from all the waiting and BS onshore. So I was like, I'm doing this kayaking. And if I have to put the time in, you know, between midnight and 4 a.m. instead of normal daytime fishing hours, so be it. Yeah. I I picked up a kayak last year and it was probably the best decision I've made. Now I've, it's my fifth kayak, but this is the one that fits my, my style of fishing the best out of all the ones I've owned. And it's probably, I had one that was three or four times more expensive than the one I'm currently fishing from. But this one fits my style of fishing. So it's perfect. I can throw That's it on top awesome. my roof and be on the way. Good for you. Right, kayaking is the way to go. I agree. Right. We can right boss? Uh, I skipped the kayak phase. I went right into a flats boat. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> I don't know. It's just something about pulling around in like eight inches of water, just looking for like schoolies in the flats, you know, tossing a fly, just pitching a fly to them. You know, it's just, and for me, it's, I'm, I'm over that phase of just catching fish right now. I'm at the phase of, I enjoy putting people on fish. So like when I'm on the back, pulling around on the push pole, just, you know, calling out, you know, clock numbers to be to, to fly angers, just to throw a fly onto a, you know, a, a bass going the opposite direction. And they, and the, the fact that you can sit there and just watch that bass, take that fly 
you know, from that call you made, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing on my part. I, I love it. I love every minute of it. That's awesome. So what's it, what's it like uh, doing those uh, midnight to 4am trips on the kayak? Is it a little scary getting out there? Um, no, I don't go by myself. I have some friends that I go with that if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be where I am today as an angler. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%. I, like I said to you before, you have to make some good connections and good people. And I was fortunate enough to fall into a group of people that are incredible fishermen. Um, so I go with them, but I will tell you, if you've ever had a hangover before, it feels like a hangover. If you don't get the sleep that you need after depriving yourself between those hours, because you're not going out for just four hours, you're going out for six hours or eight hours or whatever. And then you have to go work the entire day. And I've never felt so delusional in my life (laughs) as I do after I get up the kayak from those early morning, late night trips. What, what type of kayak are you fishing from? So I have a Hobie Outback, um, very fortunate enough to have somebody let me lease it for, for last summer and for this summer. So spoiled. Yeah, we're, we're Hobie guys. He's Qua has a Hobie skiff and mine's a Hobie compass. So, Oh, sweet. We're, we're Hobie guys. Yeah. We're, we're team Hobie over here. So. Hobie yeah. gang. I love it. Love to start a parade. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you done, uh, you've done some destination trips. So what would you say is your most, uh, most memorable trip? And, and do you have any plans, uh, for future trips, future destination trips? I love Florida so much. I think it has so much to offer. And every time I've gone, I've been very lucky to have a taste of, of what it's all about. Have I caught what I'm looking for yet? No. I mean, I just made a trip out to New Orleans. I didn't tell anyone about it because I got skunked. Um, I went for big reds and that's, I've always wanted to catch just a massive red on fly. And I planned this amazing little trip out, was so fired up for it in the middle of winter because that's when they're supposed to be, you know, just ready to go, going to catch them, let's do this. And then the weather didn't play out and whatever could have happened, happened. And so I, you're asking about future trips and of course I want to go, but I've, I feel like there's so much, there's so many outside factors that can ruin your trip before you even have a chance to get on the boat which scares me from making plans to do it again. Sure. Yeah. So when you're, when you're going long distances, there's a lot that can happen in the meantime, while you're getting there, our buddy was just down there. Uh, our buddy Kyle was just down in Louisiana and, and they had some weather blow up on them pretty, pretty significantly while they were down there. So it happens down there this time of year. It's, it's yeah. that spring weather down there. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to do another couple Florida trips. I have, I'm really fortunate again to have some nice friends that live down there. Um, you know, the whole bonefish tarpon permit deal, of course, that's everyone's dream yeah. to get those fish, um, at some point. So yeah, but we're really fortunate where we are in the Northeast. Let's not forget. We have a very, very short window, but incredible fishing. So do I want to leave in the middle of my season? Hell no. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're going to give up your whole, my whole time to work the migration to go down and chase something else. Yeah. You don't have to go that far though. I, I could get you, I could cut your trip in half. I think I could cut you your trip in that. half. I can yeah. cut your trip in half. Cause I'm going to do it from the kayak. I'm gonna, I'm planning to do it. The, the big bull redfish from the kayak this year in Virginia. So that cuts your trip in half. It's All a right. little bit easier to, right. to do. 
Yeah, we'll talk about that. I might be we, down for that. We got some we got some stuff lining up here. So I mean it won't necessarily it, it won't be necessary on the fly. You might have to use a spin rod for that. All but, right. <laughs> but I think if you go if you look a little further, South Carolina has a couple of great captains I know down there that does it on the fly, bull reds on the fly in the marshes. So you don't have to go too far. They're 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 down. I can't we'll even, see. I can't even consider I can't even think of like what it'd be like to to fight a bull red on the fly. That's gotta be absolute <laughs> insanity. They're like stripers times ten. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 that's what a drag good drag and a freaking kayak can do. Just let them pull you around for a sled ride for a little bit. <laughs> now now Nicole, we've had a couple conversations over the years, uh, but I, I consider you a a role model for the young anglers, ladies and and boys alike so um looking to break in you know looking to break into the world of fishing it's obviously heavily dominated by men for whatever reason i'm not really sure why there's why there's still such a discrepancy um in opportunities for lady anglers what advice would you give a new lady angler looking to break into the business and you know keep them keep their heads straight and what they should look for what kind of advice would you give so the best advice I can give from the get-go is to pay somebody to get lessons from your local fly shop. They're, if you, you get on their good side, they will always give you good tips. They will absolutely teach you how to fish, and then you can make friends with them and hopefully break into their community. They always have events, local events. We have so many local events just in our greater Boston area. Um, I joined a fishing club. I know knew nobody. Not a single person. And you just have to not be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Everyone starts somewhere. And most of the people in this sport are good people and want to help. They want us to be better at conserving what we have and teaching other people how to treat nature with respect. Right. So I just... I don't want anyone to be afraid like I was. It took a lot for me to be able to open up and, and try to break through. And I really wish I had done it sooner. When we talk about girls trying to break into a man's sport, I think it's an opportunity more than it is a barrier. Um, you know, everyone's looking for, for the numbers of women to increase and really just show, you know, the younger kids how to be um, better role model, like you said. And I, I have quite a few people that, um, they teach youth groups, um, like underprivileged children, how to fish. And so they just ask, you know, if you have time, can you come and teach these kids with me? Or can you join, um, you know, this seminar? And it's like, okay, it's an hour out of my time, but then you meet all of these great people and, you know, that meet all these great people during that span of time, I should say. Um, so just get involved as much as possible. So on the flip side, what advice would you give the parents of a lady angler who's trying to break into the fishing world? Uh, I have two daughters. Um, it's kind of a struggle for me to find reasonable content and things to show them that, that I feel comfortable putting in front of them for them to consume. You know, what advice would you give parents to, uh, kind of give them, uh, a voice and give them something to see, to, you know, learn how to, to do this the right way. Cause it's, it's kind of a scary world, like having two little girls and it, it's been great having someone like you from, for my girls to look up to, but you know, there's not a lot of that. You know, we, we've talked about some other, 
solid lady angler, some other solid lady fly fisher girls up your way that, that you've told me about to kind of point them in that direction. But what other advice would you give for parents of, of young girls that want to learn how to fish and maybe fly fish? I think it would still fall in that same category of, of the parents getting involved in the fly shops with, you know, like if, even if you're an adult trying to uh, get lessons or break into this industry, I would say the same thing to parents. Chat with the fly shop. They know the good people. Um, get involved with the activities or the fishing shows and go and introduce yourself to all these people in the community. And like you were saying, it's different. It's different on social media. There are a lot of people that are out there for the wrong reasons, but there are a handful of wonderful women out there that are incredible role models. Abby Schuster, hands down, she's my role model. She does it right. She owns her own fly shop now. She's happy all the time. She doesn't talk badly about anyone. You know, she's just one of those people you always want to be around. That's the type of person that I would look for, um, you know, if I'm trying to put my kids in front of them. Very nice. Yeah, she's a breath of fresh air, you would say, right? She's incredible. Yeah, I'm, I've I've been talking with my one buddy, and then I'm trying to get Abby on the show, too. So that's, have to. that's kind of in the works, so. Oh, I didn't know this. Very yeah, nice. I, I talked to Bobby a little bit earlier today. He's like, you should get Abby on. You know, she's from the, the vineyard and she's she's pro staff over there. So you you need to we if we're gonna do a fly, a fly episode, we're gonna have to bring her on. She's an incredible fisherman. Incredible. Very nice. Now I know you reached recently purchased the, the lake house here, the the pond, you know, with the pond there. <laughs> uh do you do a lot of freshwater fishing there? Do you get out there as much as you would like, or do you, uh, do you just, is, is it salt, 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 and then maybe some fresh? I love the fresh pond fishing that I have here. And when I'm struggling with my striper fishing and not catching, I come up here and I whack them. You know, the largemouth, when you figure it out, they're a lot of fun on a five weight. They're so strong. And from a paddleboard, yeah, I get out here a lot. So you would, you would call your pond back there, like your training grounds. You can hone your skills a little bit. Yeah. It humbles me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now what kind of, kind of give us an idea of your setups? Like what, what kind of setup are you using for the pond as opposed to stripers and so on? I probably, you probably have what, how many different setups do you have? Five or six now. Unbelievable to say that you think about all the money you spent on fishing gear. Oh. <laughs> for sure. And you're paying full price for it. Yep. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> so not my, fun. what's that? Not fun at all. No, I'm not pro staff and I don't care to be. So I'll pay a full price any yeah. day for my stuff. Um, I, so my freshwater setup, my five way, I actually got it on eBay. It's an Orvis clear water five way. Um, okay. bought, bought a cheeky reel to go with it because it all really is just holding line. You're not using a lot of that mm -hmm. reel for these fish. Um, and I honestly can't even remember what line I have on there. Again, it really doesn't matter. It's probably like some Orvis line or something along those lines. Um, <clears throat> I also use that for trout. Am I a good trout fisherman? Absolutely not. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible. I hate it. It's the worst. Um, but that's the same setup. We'll just, you know, I switch out my tippet and that's all I do. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. Um, but for salt, my first fly rod I ever got was a Fenwick Atos, I believe it was eight weight. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. I thought it was great. It's a great first rod. 
for someone who's clumsy and breaking things all the time. I broke two of them um, and they had a great warranty. So I, and I still have it. It's like my backup to my backup. Um, And then, so my friend has a rod company and I have a couple of his rods. It's uh, W-H-U-F-F, Woof Rod Company. Um, I've been just buying stuff off of him because I really like it and I like to support my friends. And so- that's what I have for my seven, which I'm obsessed with my seven weight. I've got, I just bought a nine weight for him uh, from him. And then I also have another eight weight. So um, all about supporting my friends. It, you know, it's hard to make money in this business and, and break through and get recognition. So I'll always support my local shops and my friends. And that's why I'm a big cheeky fan too. You know, I know people have mixed reviews on, on their stuff, but they're from Massachusetts. So of course I'm going to support them. <clears throat> we're we're a big time uh, supporter of shopping local, shopping small business. So that that works with us. We we uh, we did a tackle shop episode of one of our uh, one of our local tackle shops last week, and it resonated very well with a lot of people. Everybody loved it. People were saying how amazing it was, and that our our buddy has done a great job with that shop. And it's just it's just nice to highlight you know, some of the dying breeds of uh, tackle shops because there's not a lot of good ones left. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and, you know, I, I would absolutely spend a couple hundred dollars or more on, you know, a Thomas and Thomas and things like that. But at the end of the day, I still feel like it's all about you as an angler and how good you are. And it's not about the line or the rod. I'm sh- people will probably kill me for saying this. But at the end of the day, it's it doesn't really make that big of a difference to me. I'm still new at this, so I'm going to be shopping and supporting locally until the end. Very nice. So we we've uh, we've loosely been trying to plan a snakehead on the fly trip. I don't know for like two two and a half years now. What 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 are your thoughts on that? When when are we going to make that happen? And what rod is going to be the rod that you bring with you for you to come up and get your first snakehead and snakehead on the fly? So seven weight sufficient? I think so. I think you could make it work with a seven weight. A seven weight work. Yeah. Depends. I would do you my seven. Get, you can get into some bigger class of fish, but I think a seven weight will suffice. I mean, I just love the feel of the seven weight that I have. It's my favorite setup ever. We need to make this happen as soon as possible. I'm actually in New Jersey this weekend. What? Uh, I know. I should have told you. I have a dog <laughs> show on Sunday that I'm okay. bringing in the morning, I'm bringing my dog to the show. Um, it's another podcast for another time. Another, yeah, the, dog, the dog episode. The dog episode. Um, yeah, so maybe I'll bring my rods with me and we can make a quick I mean, I mean, the snakes are awake. Um, probably all you really need is an intermediate line because they're subsurface right now. So Yeah, I think you could get them with some clousers right in my one spot, too. Clousers, if she has any weedless clousers, might even be better. You know what yeah, I mean? So we might be able to reach... The only the only problem at our spot is casting. I mean, she might be able to like hit those side pockets. Hit the side pockets, or she might be able to loop cast. But yeah. I mean, like we said, you don't think I can loop cast, do you? <laughs> hey, we, uh, we can get it. We can get in tighter. I I was only fished the other night. Like I was literally getting them at my feet. So or you can have or you can just have Dan stand in the back when the cars don't fly by. Just Dan can yell cast, and you'll just cast it. How close don't, are we talking to the road here? Not that close. Get out of here. <laughs> it's not that bad. But it, it'll be worth it once it happens. So outside of the snakehead trip, what other trips are you looking to plan um, this year? 
I know you said we talked about some some memorable destination trips, but do you have anything else planned besides the redfish? Maybe the redfish trip? Yeah, I'm, I already did the redfish trip. I'm probably not going to do another okay. one unless I move to Louisiana. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go to Key West in a couple of weeks for bonefish and tarpon. Um, and then I want to do something this this fall after the stripers are gone. I'm not sure yet. Who knows if the world's going to even open back up at that point, but it would be nice to, to go somewhere, Belize, wherever. Someplace uh, international, I'm guessing. You want to do an international Yeah, trip. that would be fun. I'm just up for anything. I just, it, we're all tired of sitting at home, right? Even though we're fishing outside, it would be just nice to move about and not have any restrictions. Go to Costa Rica, find some rooster fish, maybe maybe Christmas Christmas Island, find some GTs. Okay. You let me know when. I'm coming. (laughs) We'll get you we'll get you on some fish down here. Get some sheep's head. Try to get a sheep's head on the fly. Yes, I love sheep's head. Have you you caught them? Um spin long time ago, charter in Florida. So we have to open that door now on the fly. It's doable. We just gotta find them. Find them shallow. We were just talking to another uh, another uh, guest on the podcast about sheep's head on the fly, and up here he said it's uh, it's very it's a task to say the least. Uh, he said he's gotten them in Florida. I have a buddy down in um, the Charleston area who does really well on them in the marshes, and he'll use a shrimp fly and and just put some shrimp scent on it, and uh, it it does the trick. Now I don't know if our previous guest was doing any scent on his flies, but that seemed to be the the hmm the kicker there so i mean we've we've done we've done tog on a fly but i i I haven't caught a sheep on a fly yet wait a minute you got a tog on fly yeah we did we did tog on flies i mean it was off the jetties it was like eight feet of water uh one of my buddies tied on a crab fly we we soaked the crap out of that that fly that crab fly in a green crab juice and then we literally (laughs) just floated it all out and then literally just wiggled a line to it sank to the bottom and the fight on a on like a 15 16 inch tog on a fly on a what do we have that day i think it was an eight weight yeah that that rod almost bent in half it was just, it was a struggle just trying to strip him up off out of the rocks look at her look that at her mind it look was, at her mind it, was, it, it was fun i have a picture of it somewhere i just gotta find it but it was it was it was funny it was he was having the blast we were just bored because the the tar were just so relentless they were just eating anything so we're like hey let's break out the fly rod <laughs> i'm blown away i just don't even know what to say speechless because i was talking about it with one of my friends about how i would love to get one on fly but it's just damn near impossible you got to get down like 16 feet you're yeah. in eight feet apparently yeah, yeah jetty's only eight feet you know you get sinking line it just it you just float it off the back and it just it just keep wiggling that line out until it hits the bottom okay so wild <laughs> it's 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 a very interesting thing now the sheep's head up here where uh, our sheep's head is, is a totally different breed they, they just like to feed one way and one way only and there's nothing else you can do about it i mean i mean we we have reds here but you know those things are like unicorns so it's uh it's it, i haven't found one yet i mean we, they're they're around i had two roll on my fly last year and uh yeah that was it they rolled on it but he just he just didn't commit to it i knew it was a, i knew i knew it was a red instead of a striper cuz i saw the gold belly so mm. yeah came on it, it rolled on a a white and green clouser 
Those clousers, I'm telling you, sure thing every time. That's, that's, that's everything. The, that's the magic. Yeah. Now, now you guys strictly on clousers up there, or do you actually guys have use um, crab patterns and stuff like that too for your marshes? Oh, for the marsh? Yeah. You guys aren't going to believe this. I don't even know if I should share this information. Is it a I'm secret? Is it a secret? A secret? Who knows? Who knows if it'll even work this year? But in the marsh last year, I was using freshwater flies, hmm. like literally, like baby sunfish and catching all of my stripers on a on a one and a half to two inch baby sunfish fly Interesting. it was on a freshwater hook and i was crushing in the marsh on those now are your marshes brackish or are they more salty salt all salt, it's all salt. Okay. <clears throat> interesting so sunfish flies there you go Quad. add that to the boat it's wild sunfish flies I'll send it to you. I actually didn't tie it myself. I got it on big Y flies. It was like one of those discount flies. I'm like, yeah, I could use one of these or two of these. I <laughs> got all I, my stripers. I love big Y. I will have big Y fly. Every time I order is always a big box that comes in. I'm just like, yes, fly Evan. It gets so to a point. It gets, day. I know it gets to a point. I'm like, for the <laughs> amount of time I spend sitting here on this vice tying this fly, I could just buy like 10. But I, like you said, it's the joys of catching one on your own, your own made stuff. So. Yeah. All right. So Qua, I'm going to hand it over to you. If you got anything to, to add to, uh, to Nicole here's episode. Um, probably a few things. Um, you are a women's fly angler. Do you meet a lot of other local women's fly angler or as you travel far and wide? No, I don't meet them. I wish I had one, just one girlfriend that I could go fishing with. It sucks. So if there's anybody out there that is decent enough and wants to fish with me, please hit me up because I need some more women friends. It's not that I don't love my dude friends, but sometimes you just need a girlfriend. <laughs> that fishes with you. All right, ladies, that's at underscore Nick B <laughs> underscore. Reach out to Nicole here and be her friend, please. Be my friend, please. <laughs> <laughs> long as you can pick up a fly rod and use it well you could be nicole's friend today yeah. no sign up qualifications <laughs> no actually must love wings and ipas after fishing Damn, and, dog, I, I can and do dogs that. and dogs and dogs yeah i have three dogs but i don't bring them fishing don't worry <laughs> now your, your dogs they they have kind of like uh water some of them have water related names right oh yeah that's a thanks for bringing that up yeah so um Actually, it's really coincidental. What's the word I'm looking for? Is that the word? <laughs> coincidental? Sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. All right. So I might not be, you know, the best English or grammar. Uh, <laughs> You're doing fine. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, after, so when I started fishing, I got uh, my third Aussie at the time. Um, and I really wanted to name him fishing themed name. And I had a list of names and I just couldn't settle on one. And then when I brought him home, I was like, Oh my God, his name is going to be Fisher. There's no questions about it. It's just, it's Fisher. So that's uh, one of my dogs now. And then um, my heart dog, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the term heart dog. <clears throat> he passed away this, uh, this May, last May, excuse me, um, at seven years old due to a brain infection. And he was like my water dog. He didn't have a fishing name or anything like that. He, he was named after my last name, Bodette. I named him Bodie. Um, <clears throat> died suddenly. And he was just like ultimate water dog, always chasing waves, always just 
swimming like crazy, loved fishing. Um, and when he passed away, I'm like, there's, I've got to memorialize him. So I ended up getting another Aussie uh, this past December and I knew he had to have a fishing name and I knew I wanted to name him after something that Bodhi did. So all purebred dogs have kennel names. And so his breeder's name is Bellamist. And so the full name is Bellamist Chasing Waves and his name is Tide. So wherever he is, Tide, bring him over here so you guys can see him for a second. Tide, come. Come on, bud. We have a definitive dog lover here. So nothing wrong with that. I love dogs. This is Tide. So Hi, Tide. He's six months old and he's Big a wild boy. man. And he's got some energy. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've got, got some fishing names in the house now. Very nice. Anything else you got, Qua? Uh, besides fishing. Are you into hunting at all or any of that kind of outdoor stuff? I am glad you asked. So if we're going to put this out there, I would love to learn how to hunt. (laughs) I'd love to shoot turkeys, birds, you name it. I'm into that. So if anyone wants to take me under their wing, I'm down. That's at underscore Nick (laughs) B underscore. (laughs) Take this girl hunting. Take this girl girl hunting. Be her fly fishing buddy. (laughs) We all love to be outside. Do you guys hunt? I don't. My 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 wife would kill me if I had two expensive hobbies like this. So, yeah, no, mine wouldn't let me kill animals. <laughs> I birds can are probably, stupid. I could probably get into bird hunting. I could probably enjoy bird hunting. That's the only thing I don't like. Really, I don't want to go shooting bears and deer and things like that. Yeah, I could man. get into some like some bird hunting myself. I could do some duck hunting. I think I could do duck hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me see. I think that's about it. All right. Well, Nicole, it was an absolute blast having you on today. Thank you Thank for you so joining much. us. I can't believe you guys thought of me. I really appreciate that. I hope right. I can fish with your daughter one day. You were one of the first people that I thought of when when we 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 brainstormed this. So you can ask him. I said, I got this girl up north. She's a fly fishing girl. She's an absolute assassin. No, she's we'll we'll uh, we'll get her on board and and uh, I think it'll be a good a good uh, transition to highlight some some lady anglers and you know I I don't think it needs to be said that like you say fishermen like we're we're all fishermen that, that's yeah. what comes down to it. but gotta gotta get give the ladies some love on, on the podcast and uh, we want to support whatever you're doing there and you're doing good things and like i said you're you're a role model to my kids and i i greatly appreciate that so yeah, and i i agree you know there's not that many women fishermen out there even if flies even more unique you know what i mean you could you can literally consider yourself a unicorn because the the average like i i'm we're both in the community a lot and fly fishing i'm pretty much in there too the average typical you know fishermen is always men like i don't even know a single fly fishing woman here and we fish a lot i don't either hey that's what i'm saying like yeah angler women like you know like rod and reel sure i know a few but when you're talking about fly fishing women that's like far and far and wide like i literally just text no like 30 minutes ago i text my buddies i was like hey guys i got a fly fishing woman they're like you found a unicorn And these guys are like, they're they're out of their mind. They're like, no freaking way. They're like, they they like, is she married? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, 
<laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna ask that, but I'm just, I'm just, and they're like, I was like, so what does she do? I like, I don't know. She likes dogs, fly fishing, and drinks beer. I was like, dude, yes. she's like the perfect wifey material. Perfect. So now <laughs> we have a dating show going. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I was, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, why do you think it fly fishing is is so unpopular then? It's not so much that it's unpopular. It's just very specialized. Yeah. I, it, yeah. it, there's and and not not for nothing. It's a more expensive venture than spinning gear. Yep. So yep. It, it takes it, it takes a huge investment, and I think that scares some people off initially. And then then obviously the the you know the the learning your craft is a big part of it. You know mm-hmm. that that's takes time and money and everything else. So I think yeah. it's just so much easier to walk into Walmart and pick up a you know a spinning rod and a reel yeah. and go on vacation and have a throwaway rod. Whereas you can't, there's not really a throwaway, you know, it's really a throwaway fly, fly rod. It's, it's, it's takes commitment. It takes yeah. a lot of honing your craft. Like you are always doing things that are going to be making you a better fly fisherman down the road. And that that's something whereas I pick up my, my spinning gear and I do the same thing every time. It's not like, I don't need to hone my skills. I just need to look for different details yeah. But, but with with the fly, with, there's all different types of casts. There's all different types of you know scenarios where you got to do this, you got to do that, and it just takes a lot more commitment. I think that's what it comes down to: is money and commitment and time is really what it what it is. So, yeah, and we're fly and if we're fly anglers, we're always learning something new. You know, we're always adjusting. You know, I mean, you you've trout and you say you're not the great at it, but have you ever tried trout? You know, you try for trout fishing like. You'll literally throw the same fly to that fish 10 times and they just look at it and they just like, yeah. okay, well, I don't want to touch it. Well, if you twitch it a weird little way, they just, it's going to activate them to come grab it. You know what I mean? So I think sometimes fly anglers, um, that, that what I think about them is like, we're, it's, it's a little bit more intense, a little bit more focused. And a lot of fly anglers, when we do go out where we are usually mostly solo, it's a it's serenity, you know, when the fact that just say on a trout stream, your environment, your background, your outdoor, everything just flows right. And you had a really bad day at work or week at work and you go out there with your fly rod and it's just you and you're making those casts. You may not even catch a fish, but, you know, like that. It's like yoga to us. You know, it's nice, easy. It's calming. Every cast, <laughs> everything you hear, the line strips off. It sounds perfect. Can't agree with you anymore it's literally exactly as described right there yeah it's yeah it's it's something different than yeah i can break out my spin rod and just throw a hundred cast and be like okay well i'm just retrieving it flying yeah. it's, it's totally something different like every day you learn something new like hey if i go off in a little angle and i let it lay down it lays down perfectly without splashing you know we're always trying to figure out new things new ways to do things you know mm-hmm. for sure I'll, I'll never forget like watching, uh, you know, a river runs through it as a kid and seeing like fly fishing romanticized in that movie. Like it, like that's where, that's where I first took notice of it. And that's, that's an old movie, you know, Brad Pitt, I think Robert Redford's in that movie, but that's a great fly fishing flick there. And that's what kind of got me interested in, but it was further down the road where I decided to pick up a fly rod and give it a, give it a try. And I, I caught, caught some fish my first time out, but I did, I hired an Orvis guide, uh, we went out on St. Patrick's Day four years ago. Uh, my first uh, my first fish on the fly was a 17 inch or 16 and a half inch rainbow on a on a on a on a rabbit hair jig on a rabbit wow. hair fly. So it was kind of fun. 
That's awesome. But I haven't picked up the fly rod since. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll make some changes here. <laughs> yeah, I got I got I got Quaz not gonna let me live that down. So I will be uh no, if you're time. hopping off my boat, you're throwing a fly rod. We're finding you a bass on a fly rod this year. And once I get you hooked, it's a whole nother ball game. Yeah, it's okay. I'll, We're gonna have, I'll have to, to make this happen, all three of us. Yeah, I'm I mean, in. I have a buddy that lives it up in the up in Connecticut. He moved up to Connecticut now, so he fishes the marshes back there. I don't know how far Connecticut is from you guys, but like I said, <laughs> if, if everything's if things line up right and it's right, you know, I'll throw Dan in the car. I'll tow the skiff all the way up to you. Well, we'll we'll go exploring for a weekend in your area with the boat. Be prepared. It's it's bloody up here. <laughs> it's bloody. That doesn't like, sound good. It's bloody. There are some nights where there's like 20 boats and like eight kayaks all fighting for one spot. Oh, and I'm the only woman out there. And I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'll you come to you. Eat. That's where you got to use being the woman, right? That's where you got to use that to your advantage. Look, I'm just a lady trying to fish. No, yeah, you're you're more than welcome to come down here. We we uh, have an open invitation with us. We'd love yep, to fish. Anytime. Yes, I you, definitely you, would be down. Yeah, just reach out to Dan. Give me your schedule. Like, I'll set my schedule, and we'll all get on the boat one day, and we'll go out, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll slay some fish. Sweet. Nicole, it was an absolute pleasure having you on, on today. We we really appreciate your time, and uh, you gave us some amazing content. Everybody's going to love it. You're great. She is at underscore Nick B underscore. That's how you can get in touch with her to be her uh, fly fishing buddy or teach her how to hunt. Otherwise, it's been it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much. You do, I really we do appreciate it, it. and uh, we where we hope we can only hope with this podcast that we reach a lot more girls out there or parents that like have girls that are interested in fishing. And then, you know, it's just, it's, it's nice to be a role model. I, 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 I like it. Like, you know, the fact that like Dan's daughter is like starstruck with you, like it, it, it warms my feeling. I'm like, man, I wish somebody would like look at me. Like I was an idol. I look at you that way. I, I now look at you that way too. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, it was definitely a pleasure having you on. Thank you. And we'll definitely, bring you on for probably another podcast for something. We should, then, yeah. we should, we should get her on with the other fly girl. We should get line them Abby? up. Abby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what? We, we could do me, you, her, Abby, and then we'll bring Bobby on and that'll be, that'll be it. Well, I, you just got to delete me out of that equation. Cause I'm the, 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 I'm the, the fly guy. Man, I'm the, the low man guy. on the totem pole. No, that, no, no, no. Uh, End of season. You will be a fly guy. I can feel it in my bones. You're going to be right. just, just like me. Okay. All see right. goals hey listen i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try i'm gonna i'm gonna hone my skills because it's a, just another avenue to catch fish so exactly well nicole thanks again we appreciate it we're gonna stay thanks, on guys. it was a pleasure i'll be i'll be talking to you you know that but let, Take let's, care, guys. Uh, let's plan right. something soon okay all right you have a great have night a great week. bye guys bye. see you nicole bye. all right Another good one in the books. Definitely another good one. She's definitely uh she's 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 doing her thing, man. Only four years in and she's uh she's doing some good stuff up there. Yeah, she's notched a, a she's notched a couple of nice uh things on her belt for sure. She's 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 doing some big things and I think she's gonna have a huge year this year. She's got some new gear, she's she's really uh excited to get rolling and I I've I've loved following along the last few years. She's great, so 
Cool. And, you know, it's, it'll be nice to get her down here, get her on some fish. You know, we might even take out your daughter that day with her. So she's yeah, spend the whole day on the water. That would, that be, would be awesome. That, that would, would be awesome. Be well, thank you again, everybody, for tuning in. Please like, comment, share, subscribe, and give us those five-star reviews. It all helps us. We really appreciate everybody tuning in. It, it makes all the difference. That's We wouldn't be able to do this without all of you. So thank you so much. You can find us at facebook.com backslash Tide Chaser, Tide Chasers podcast. And then at Instagram, we are Tide underscore Chasers. Uh, we will be having some great content coming for us. So please keep in t- keep in, uh, keep tuning in and we're going to keep bringing the heat for you. So thank you so much. Qua, it was a pleasure, buddy. As always, man. See you next time. All right. See you next time, guys. 